my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I am one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hey there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, this week... This is the result of our poll. What are we going to review? Well, Dave, we decided, and we've been asked this loads of times, are you ever going to do a James Bond film? So we both said on the show, I tell you what, we've done Austin Powers, you know, let's actually do a proper spy movie. So we've picked Roger Moore, who is my favourite up till Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig has overtaken him, but Roger Moore's always my childhood favourite. And we had four movies to pick, and the one that won is the 1981 For Your Eyes Only. So, Dave, do you remember seeing this one at all years and years ago? I... <laughs> you preempted me there. So, yes, uh, I do. But I don't, I don't remember it really well. And I don't think any of the James Bonds were movies that I'd copy off the TV and then watch over and over. They were just on all the time, weren't they, as kids growing up? Yeah. And definitely, you know, it probably is mostly the the first half of the 80s that I'm thinking of when I used to watch them the most. Because if I think of which is your favourite James Bond, I'm thinking, is it Roger Moore or Sean Connery? You know, George Lazenby wasn't really in the uh, the conversation, really. You know, it was, it was all about those two. But obviously, we've had loads more since, haven't you? You know, Dalton, uh, Piers Brosnan, Daniel Craig's the latest one. Um, so... Yeah, but they were just on all the time, weren't they, at the weekends and uh, in the holidays and stuff. And it's one of those that I'm watching it now and I'm thinking, I wonder if I just, you know, as kids do, just kind of drift in and out. And and I don't yeah. mean drift in and out of the room, but drift in and out of attention uh, to actually watch the movie. Because like I say, I remembered very well things like the skiing, um, the underwater sequences, the, the sharks, um, you know, smelling the blood in the water and stuff. I remembered all those iconic bits really well. Um, and the other stuff just hardly at all. So yeah, I was, I was probably playing with my Star Wars figures or something, Chris, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> and then it was like, Star Wars figures. There's, <laughs> there's, a, there's an exciting bit here. So yeah, I, I, and I'm the same as you, and, and and we we made a Roger Moore poll, didn't we? Because he's the real, he's the proper template for Austin Powers, you know. Yeah, Sean Connery was a bit smoother, wasn't he? Um, and obviously, I, I think they were a bit after as well. But the smarminess, the comedy uh, with Roger Moore that you got, <laughs> I think you can <laughs> you can draw a straight line from this to Austin Powers, can't you? Just a lot of it, and I'm sure we'll get into it. But uh, but yeah, so that that was me, like you know, mostly weekend days, having it on, but not necessarily paying attention for the whole thing. How about yourself, Chris? Yeah, well, we we grew up with James Bond. A cousin of mine used to love recording the films from the TV on VHS. And what he would do is he'd give them to me. Now, the one year is like a present. So he'd give her like 
maybe about 15, maybe I'm going to say 20, about 15 of the films. So they were all Roger Moore, Sean Connery. Funny enough, we never had George Lazenby at all. I don't know whether it was ever on TV a lot, but obviously Sean Connery was, like you say, he was smoother, grittier James Bond. But Roger Moore was the one I resonated with more, mainly because I think it was just slightly nearer our time as we were kids. You know, they were sort of like, I was watching him mid to late 80s, and, and obviously they were about 10, 15 years old. The Connery stuff even then went way back. Even though I loved him, Goldfinger, Dimes of Forever is one of my favourites when he's driving around Vegas in the, the Mustang car park, in the Mustang around the car park. So, so we had them all, and what my cousin used to do is he'd get the TV times, He'd get like the bio, he'd get a picture of James Bond and he'd put them on. Remember the them like brown fake leather wallets you used to put VHSs oh, in yeah, there? Yeah, we had loads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they they were always reserved for like the, the films you wanted to keep. So so he did all them and, and we used to go through James Bond all the time. I mean, Nana's favourite was Sean Connery, so we watched all of them. I've seen every single one of them over and over. And coincidentally, Sam's just won a competition. No Time to Die has just come out. So it's really, we've Ooh. timed this really well, Dave, like we actually did this on purpose. <laughs> we sometimes do this, don't we? It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> we've been it's going for two years. And then we just happen to do a James Bond one, just as the other one comes, the new one comes out. <laughs> exactly. So we're, we're doing this. As, and I'm, Sam's got some premiere tickets. So we're going to like a special event through Lam Rover and BMW, she works for. So I'm really excited about that i mean the film's just come out but we're going a couple of days later but it's like free drink everything and, and amazing i love james bond and i, I mean i remember going to watch quantum of solace and we went to manchester and there was a massive premiere on and everyone's got like the tuxedos on and everything and you know me dave i'm in my prime arnie fucking fake gear so i look like i've got money but i haven't and we're in manchester and these these aston martins there at the bottom of the stairs it was really really like james bond i've had girls walking around with the cocktails and these guys in front of me oh, come down. Who, say something else then. <laughs> no. <laughs> there was guys, there was a guy coming down who absolutely was just like, uh, um, just there for the fucking freebie. Got the tucks on, he's with his missus, his mate, and they were like, they were like uh, late 50s, but they were talking, Dave, and Sam's there, like he was through her work, and I'm there just as a pure James Bond fan. I'm watching this film. This guy starts talking, Dave, me straight away, oh. shh. Can you be quiet? His <laughs> son's like, shut the fuck. He could be like the director of my own. I don't give a fuck if he ruins James Bond. We're having words. So the guy's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. And gets me like a little glass of champagne to say sorry. <laughs> I, I was just being a dick. I wasn't being a dick, but I was like. No, he was being a dick first. Yeah, he surely. was being a dick. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I don't know. This is like me saying part of my story. But you're right. Because I was like, well. I'm coming to see this movie. I don't know Quantum of Solace gets slated, but I actually quite like it. But but anyway, so so back to this. So James Bond is completely one of my favourite characters. This I've seen over and over. And I actually thought this was probably my favourite one. It's an underrated movie. Then it was like Live and Let Die, A View to a Kill. They were like main, they were my top three Roger Moore ones. But, mm. you know, sometimes, Dave, you know, we go back on these movies and they say, you know, don't... <laughs> It's sometimes left in the past. Well, <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say, my friend. Yeah, I I think kind of live and let die, Moonraker. Yeah, view to a kill. I think I think of all of those before this one. Like I say, I I I had to think, and it was you who said about oh, it's the one with the Citroen 
and I was like, "All oh, right, okay." So, I, I, but I couldn't think of which one this was. Whereas those other three, you know, you remember those iconic bits. Whether you're on the Eiffel Tower, you're on the moon with Jaws, um, or, or what have you. You know, you you kind of I hear the title and then I go straight. <coughs> excuse me, I go straight to that scene or or something out of that movie. I tell you what, though, Chris, you've just sparked a memory there with those fucking leather cases. So we had a bunch of brown ones, but more so, I remember we had the red leather cases with the gold writing on. Yes. It's like something out of a church or something, (laughs) now that I think about it. Horrible uh, kind of design to it when I think back to it. But, uh, yeah, we, we had a load like that. But then the ones where, you know, you couldn't get hold of any anymore. So they were just like the scotch tape. So the standard blank <laughs> cardboard blank tape with the, with, the, um, with the sticky white tape over it. So you could see what it was on the, on the outside. <laughs> Those were the days. I mean, none would have like Emmerdale, Coronation Street, fucking The Bill, you know, fucking uh, Heartbeat. They'd be just scrubbed out over and over. They're fucking, it's no wonder the VHSs didn't fucking melt, Dave. They were recorded over when we were kids. So, <laughs> yeah. it, you know what? Jordan and that would never have a clue. She, she grew up, well, she was born at the back end of us switching to DVDs. And there's the odd VHS she had, because I had like a VHS mm. DVD combo. But even now, she'd be like, what is this stuff? You know, like, and, and <laughs> it, it's mad, isn't it? Because. Obviously, technology for our parents and that was really in its infancy, wasn't it? VHS for them was like, I suppose it's a bit like now, and you know, computers, things like that. They're like the te- mobile phones, probably the biggest te- technological thing these days. You wouldn't even think 15 years ago they, they are literally a business in your hand. But yeah, VHS is Dave. What a mind blowing piece of technology. Obviously, what the podcast is based on. But I love talking about because you, you do you look back and go. How that? And we like we talked about the other week. Let's go to the video shop and rent a video. And it's yeah. like you, you couldn't. Now it's like I'm just gonna have a find a shit one on on YouTube. Or you've got all these streaming services. You can buy them off like Apple or yeah, Google yeah. Play or Amazon. You've got. It's so weird how everything's evolved at the media like proper tv movie stuff it's brilliant but and it's so much more accessible but as kids you were literally fighting to see these movies it's great well i i, I think obviously the the vhs's were out in the 70s weren't they yeah we had the betamax first um and i don't remember many people having them when i was really young it was more sort of well, it probably actually it probably was like early '80s when more more and more households in the UK, at least, were, were getting VHSs. But I've just remembered about one uh, one mate of mine, and he was showing off because like his had a, a remote control. But it was one of those, Chris, where it had a wire. <laughs> so you trail the wire across the room. And it's like, ooh, wow. Yeah, I remember having one. My dad rented one from Radio Rentals, I think it was, in Stretford. And we got oh, it. And listen, the fucking remote was about 30 centimetres away from the fucking screen. <laughs> so it doesn't even stretch to the sofa. Yeah, you turn the telly over. Yeah, great. You know, and then I remember being a kid having a black and white TV. That which was ours from downstairs, and it had no fucking plastic front on it, and you tune it in, and you'd have to sit literally right on top of it to change the channels. Now they were the yeah. days, Dave. Fucking hell, unbelievable. <laughs> they were. But anyway, Chris, shall we get into our trailer? Let's go. 
It's your summer date with Roger Moore as Ian Fleming's James Bond 007. No one comes close to 007 when 007 comes close to you. Excuse me. Explosive. Exclusive. Oh, I trust you, Helicon. For your amazement, this bond is for you. For your excitement, for your thrills, for your entertainment, for your eyes only. This bond will rock you out of your seat. My name is Bond. James Bond. Mr. Bond, you have shot your last bullet. We're not dead yet. Roger Moore is Ian Fleming's James Bond 007 in For Your Eyes Only. British information gathering vessel, St George's, which holds the automatic targeting attack communicator, the system used by the Ministry of Defence to coordinate the Royal Navy's fleet of Polaris submarines, is sunk after accidentally trawling an old Navy mine in the Ionian Sea. A marine archaeologist, Sir Timothy Havelock, is asked by the British to secretly locate the St George's. However, he and his wife are murdered by a Cuban hitman. Hector Gonzalez. His daughter, Melina Havelock, witnesses the murder and vows revenge. Now, Chris, what do you reckon to the opening of this movie? Well, it is typical James Bond fodder, and it lets this basically any of these movies they set it up pretty much straight away, don't they? And then we get James as well. So, so the family who get taken out. He's obviously a bit dodgy, the dad. The daughter, a very pretty girl. She's there. They've got a bit of money, Dave. I mean, they're not in a fucking dinghy in the middle of the, the Lake Windermere here, are they? You know what I mean? We're talking, like, <laughs> top-and-tail money this family have got. And I think it's... The I think it just starts typical James Bond, and especially Roger Moore. A lot of his films started like this, where someone gets killed and it leads into it. And then, obviously, we get Roger Moore. We would get James Bond, don't we? He's there at the graveside and we've got mm. Blofeld who even more so we should have probably watched this first he's fucking Doctor, <laughs> Doctor Evil, Evil. <laughs> he's got the fucking cat there that looks like he's dead off the cannonball run too Dave and he's like Mr. Bond and he's there and, and this guy can, so James gets in the helicopter the fucking priest is a baddie he's giving him the last rites as he gets in the helicopter and the nod to this is that he goes to see Teresa who's his wife who's the only woman that James Bond gets married to in the whole of the mm. movies which is from your um, on a Majesty's Secret Service, George Lazenby, which is weird because that was out 12 years before this and they've been three or four movies in between. But however, nice little nod and callback. He goes to see her at the graveside 
And then this guy, Blofeld, so he's in a wheelchair, he's got a neck brace, he's got a cat in one arm, <laughs> but he can steer a fucking helicopter like he's fucking from Airwolf or something. <laughs> he's going through <laughs> buildings, he's fucking meandering round. James Bond's there, you know, trying to get out. It, it's just typical Bond. And then Roger Moore, because we know, I, can't, I won't call him Roger Moore, James Bond, because we know James Bond, he's like one of the best fighter pilots, plane, helicopter pilots ever. He's got the skills to pick up a guy in a wheelchair, Dave, and throw him down. (laughs) (laughs) That was brilliant. (laughs) Especially, look, I know it's Blofeld. I know he's a supervillain. But, I mean, like I say, when I saw him, the fact that we'd watched Austin Powers before this, (laughs) it just looks like Dr. Evil. (laughs) (laughs) This was funnier than fucking Austin Powers at the start, Dave. (laughs) When When he's running, off so obviously he's tried to kill james bond so he's going to be a bit annoyed by it but he's the scene is literally he's trying to escape in his wheelchair and then james bond just picks him up and they say it's just pure comedy the way he drops him down the chimney there i just thought it's come on James just the guys <laughs> in a wheelchair you know what I mean but, <laughs> it's ridiculous but, isn't it? I mean <laughs> then we get and I've got to call this out Dave I honestly think and I know of the last few years some of the some of the movies have been called out because everything about James Bond is not just a film the soundtrack that first song is iconic we've had Shirley Bassey yeah, we've even had Duran yeah, Duran's yeah. a great one I watched them at the Isle of Wight last week Simon Le Bon and all the guys need to stop wearing fucking hair dye, Dave. It was ridiculous. They're in the fucking <laughs> mid to early 60s. But A View to a Kill, great tune. Some brilliant... Even like Jack White's done tunes, Adele. This is the worst James Bond fucking theme for me. It is terrible. It's done by... Um, oh, is it Sheena Easton, Dave? It's fucking awful. This It's mm. so dr- melodramatic, really boring. Just trolls along and... and I think going into this movie, I was expecting so much, and it's just shit, basically. And I love Roger Moore; he's got some great moments. But, but yeah, I think the song sets up the whole thing. And obviously, you've got the Roger Moore one line as he goes to see Money Penny and Q and M. And when he's with Q, Dave, I love that when that guy's got the cast on and he's there as if he'd have a cast next to someone, and he just fucking. <laughs> flicks out and takes this fucking dummy's head off. It's just um, nonsense because Q, James Bond's done nothing, but Q is an absolute, he hates him, doesn't he? It's just, that's like the the rhetoric all the way through. Q's always having a go at him. You're just destroying stuff 007 and he's fucking pissing about on stuff. It, it's funny, but I think watching it now, seeing that Roger Moore's in his early to mid-50s doing this, Dave, it's really apparent, especially with the body doubles at the start. It's fucking brilliant. Oh, my word. That's something that struck me, Chris. Everyone is just so old. (laughs) Roger Moore's like the young whippersnapper there. He was 54 when this came out, Chris. Yeah. (laughs) It's like... I, I found it quite jarring, because I've not watched, like, the Roger Moore James Bond for years. And I guess, as a kid, you don't really know. I, I I don't think I associated Roger Moore with being like an older guy, a middle-aged guy. Um, you know, it was the, it was all, always the others, wasn't it? It was Q and stuff. It was obviously clearly because of the grey hair. You know, obviously a lot older. But 
Yeah, everyone was just so bloody old. And I have to say, what what you were saying about the the song, I don't think it's shit, and I don't think this film's shit. I just think it's it's a bit forgettable, that song. I, I can't even... I'm thinking of it now. I can't even hum it. I, I'm, it. It was just... It's not like so many of the other iconic tracks. And they use the same kind of chord palette don't they to make yeah. it they, they it sounds like james bond you don't even like i remember the first time i heard the adele one i didn't even know it was the james bond track and it's like oh that's james bond that <laughs> you can yeah. tell straight away can't you so yeah i, I think it was uh, it was very forgettable um but i think this i mean it's 81 this movie but it feels like a 70s movie. So yes. much standing around, talking, dialogue. Chris, I don't really have much of a clue about what's actually going on here. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I, I'm just watching it for the, for the set pieces, the action bits. And like you say, the, the, the Roger Moore body double or body doubles. I don't know if it was all the same bloke. It's so jarring, isn't it? <laughs> Especially later with the skiing. <laughs> oh, my I think God. He's clearly, you know, I, I, lo- I do love, I've got a special place in my heart for these Roger Moore movies, but it, it is ridiculous. You know, this this oh. guy who clearly, you know, he might be able to handle himself on the squash court, maybe, but he's doing all these kind of things. He's a brilliant pilot. He's great at skiing basically everything uh he's he's great at yeah and 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 i think as well like you look at daniel craig he's just leaving now he's 55 so he's getting out at the same time roger moore was still doing this because he does a view to a kill after this one which is 84 so he was late 50s then and that's I, I, I always like View to a Kill, Christopher Walken, Grace Jones. I really, really, I thought the, the blonde lady who's like, he's loving her, she's stunning. I just loved that one. So I'd love to do that at some point. Mm. But yeah, I think for me, it was the cast of, so so he goes to Spain. You've got the daughter there, Melina. He's at the thing, he's watching this, like, you know, the, the, the white dove guy. They're doing this business transaction with this uh, Asian guy. He goes to dive in the pool takes an arrow, it kicks off. Roger Moore's been, uh, Roger Moore, James Bond's been captured at this point by, you know, a, again, a master sleuth, Dave, and he gets caught by two blokes in a fucking <laughs> little bit of a, a garden. You know, this guy's fucking mansion garden. She rescues him, but it's the scene with the car. So the Citroen CV, he's, he's got this Lotus. So he goes to the Lotus, and the Moonraker was the one where he goes underwater. So it's a little bit of an upgraded Lotus, which he's quite good in this, because these two, this is the white one with the red writing, gets blown up mm. because the guys touch it. We'd seen that with Q. Ends up just doing that stupid car chase, but he rolls it and rolls it down the hill and everything, and it's still going, this fucking piece of shit car that can probably go about 40 miles an hour top speed. (laughs) And and he's like, can I drive? And then he's like talking to all the natives and that, and they're all sort of, you know, all the locals are there like helping him and they're rolling it and all this. And that's what I remember it for. And them guys chasing him and, and obviously James Bond gets the better. But what's weird is this Molina, he's never met. He doesn't know her. But literally the next scene, it's like they've been a couple for fucking weeks. It's like they know each other. <laughs> he doesn't even know who she is. He just like she saved him twice. So he's like, oh, she, she'll do for me. And if I can 
slip you a slice as well. Any chance of that, love, as well? It is he, when you watch these other ones, Dave, it's so fucking chauvinistic, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like, I but it's, see. it's not just even chauvinistic, it's ridiculous. Everyone gets fucking wet for a bit of Roger Moore, and, it, and you're looking at the <laughs> screen and you're like, that's ridiculous. Surely not. <laughs> fucking Chris Beebe, the, the young skater. Oh, my like, God. <laughs> That is Dave. I'm sorry. We, that is Operation U Tree straight away. Right. So, so I, I had to look it up because she, she was played by Lynn Holly Johnson, who was 23 at the time. But she's playing it as if she's 14, isn't she? Oh, like the mannerisms yeah. and the dialogue and everything. She is playing it as if she is much younger than she is. And Melina was 24 when this came out. So, so there was only a year between them two, but they were just played so differently. But both of them, you know, are, are after a slice of uh, James. So oh, it's, I, it's just ridiculous. And, and, you know, we haven't even talked about, is it Lisey, the one who... Um, you know, actually does get a bit of Roger Moore, a bit, a bit of uh, James Bond there, but then gets killed off promptly, you know, again. Yeah. That's yeah. the equivalent of fridging, isn't it? You know, the basically, she's only there so he can get his end away and then gets killed off. <laughs> but the, I think her best line was about, he was saying about, oh, your accent's slipping. And he's like, it was, Manchester? No. Liverpool. <laughs> it's like Liverpool. Fuck oh, off. Oh, oh, God, Dave. We, we had a watch party, didn't we, with this. And I died straight away. And, and Matt Bates, I didn't know, because I thought he was from the Midlands. He's like, I'm from Liverpool. But his accent says, oh, so sorry, Matt. It was, I was no, like, I thought, there's no way Liverpool and Posh are in I the same sentence, Dave. I thought he was repeating the line of the woman. I don't think Matt's from Liverpool, is he? I thought he... I thought he was calling me out, so I, I, I read it wrong then, Dave. So anyway, Matt, apologies either way. <laughs> I don't know, but whichever way, but Matt is a damn sight closer than this actress or, or uh, oh. her character here. I just thought it was so funny that uh, uh, the way but, that came up. But but when he meets Chris, and you're right, when he meets Christos or whatever he's called, he's the one who's got Bibby as like his protege. Mm. He's a bit of a good guy. So she meet, he meets him. He meets like she's got this real strict old school, you know, East German uh, trainer. This woman. You've got Eric, the big fucking Dolph Lundgren guy, who's like this top top sort of skier and everything. But you're right, he, he literally meets Bibby and he's talking to him. And he goes, oh, this is uh, James Bond. And she comes over and she's like, and she's like, a, like you say, trying to be a little kid. She's going, can he take me to, a, you know, all that coy eye thing and doe eyes and everything. Yeah. Thinking, this guy's in his 50s. And then and then this Chris doesn't even question it. goes, of course, I would be honoured if he would, t- would chaperone him as the Bond. And I'm like, what? There's no fucking way some fucking <laughs> middle-aged guy's just coming on the scene and I'm giving him a fucking daughter or someone I'm supposed to be in charge of. It's just ridiculous. But obviously, Bond doesn't have a bit with her. I think he realises there's a line, Dave. But even so, it, it's a, it really, when you look back now, it's a real uncomfortable situation to, to watch, I think. I think it, that, that bit has not aged well at all. No. And, and later, you know, she corners him. She, yeah, she fucking climbs in his bed. And that's when we get a little bit of the comedy stuff, you know. So she she kisses him. 
And obviously, James Bond is this ruthless fucking killer, this assassin, this super spy. But this little girl can pin him up against the wall. And he's doing the old... You see it with his cheeks. He's like sucking his cheeks in. (laughs) Just for a bit of physical comedy from more there. But, um, yeah, it's just... It's ridiculous, the fact that she would be so after him. And I, I couldn't... I couldn't figure out, was this because she knew him from before or she just, he was so drop dead gorgeous, she just had to have him there and then. Uh, I, I couldn't figure it out. But even the, I'm not sure if he was a Russian guy or something, the guy at the end, the bald guy who, who you know, ultimately him and James have a bit of a confrontation oh, with. and th- That's the uh, KGB, he's in loads the K- of them in. Yeah. yeah. But, the, um, the enemies and really. Then, he said, well, you haven't got it and I haven't got it kind of thing. He's got a little fucking bit on the side as well. His secretary must have been about 20. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like sort of sat up on the, uh, when he's on the phone, she's like sat up on the table kind of thing. I'm like, fucking hell, this, this movie <laughs> is a bit like, it's written by a fucking dirty old man. Like, living out his fantasies on fucking uh, shagging young women. It is, because... (laughs) You know what I kept thinking? Oh, fuck me. It always comes back to this, doesn't it, my fucking childhood. But, well, my my adolescence is all these characters, Dave. So on Friday night special, we've watched a bit of Tootie Fruity. I'm going to repeat the same question, the same fucking story. But the moment I go to bed, I think... Right, okay. So I know they're not going to come down. Everything's shut. Get the volume down. I mean, none of my brothers and sisters are coming. And I would watch some of the shittest softcore porn movies on... Danger Wank. Yeah, Danger Wank. He's amazing. He's outstanding. But I used to watch some shit fucking movies, like some proper German. They'd all been Lederhosen's and fucking... I remember them. I watched some of those well. Yeah, <laughs> and Paul was just to see a fucking nipple or something, Dave. A woman in a pair of knickers. We like fucking him off American Pie, fucking hell. But I, I used to watch, like, I'd watch the worst movies ever. It'd be like fucking three in the morning, waiting for some fucking something yeah. that fucking some some sort of soft couple. Go, oh, I've watched this, you know, and I'd. I'd watch, and all the characters off this movie, once he gets to Greece and he meets like Columbo and all these other guys, they are literally all these dirty old bastards off the fucking movies I used to watch as a kid. So <laughs> fucking bad. That's all I kept thinking. It was like Roger Moore stands out so much. He's so much more better looking than all these people. There's, there's got to be a reason because all these people just look like they have literally stepped off a 70s porno. It's fucking brilliant, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> those those RTL movies, right, were crap, weren't they? Like you say, yeah. they were just yeah. fucking... I, oh, I don't know. I, I, I talk about having a, a warped view of what Germany is. I don't know if all these porno movies were shot in Bavaria or not, but like you say, I remember like the Lederhosen's and stuff. <laughs> Maybe RTL is, was just uh, very Munich-centric. Um, but yeah, <laughs> they might even bring fucking National Lampoon's European Vacation when Rusty gets with that girl in the later host oh, and I yeah, got stirring yeah. end thinking, oh, hang on a minute, this is like something <laughs> I watch on a Friday. So it's going to happen here. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
I seem to there was RTL. I'm sure there was another one that you used to get some good stuff on occasionally. Just used to have we used were, to have to flick, didn't you? You know, to really yeah. see if you all oh, right, you know, something's on air tonight. Hey Dave. Just think we were even friends, but we were in tandem probably fucking pulling one off at the same time. <laughs> Friday night. <laughs> what fucking horrendous thoughts. <laughs> I'm sure we weren't the only one. People up and down the country who, who fucking blessed with their parents buying a sky dish and it's like, oh yeah, we can get all these channels, all these fucking teenage boys are like fucking RTL. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, how many people do you think were doing fucking press-ups like me then, Dave, at about five past twelve? <laughs> Did he ever tell you about this thing called... Um... Oh, this is bad. So, so uh, you, know, on the, you know on the Babe Station channels, right? So we used to have these Pro Evo... No, hang on a minute. We used to have these Pro Evo tournaments, right? So and you know you've seen them. I used to them on YouTube and everything. So we'd have like 10, 15 people at my house. Some would go out and some would go mad. Jordan was a baby and I'd have all my mates around. We'd have proper tournaments with spreadsheets, everyone playing Pro Evo on the PS2. Absolutely, you know, I, I love Pro Evo. I've got every single version of it, even the Japanese ones. I love it. So so we've we used to play them tournaments. So it gets eleven o'clock and like our kid would get the remote and he'd go, Yeah, watch this. So we'd put fucking Thing I'm th- this is bad. So before I say what the, what this was segment was called, right? It was called it's bad. So it was called Flash the Gash, right? Oh, you know what? Oh yeah, I've never actually seen, seen this, but it's legendary. I've heard of it. So this is true. I'm going to tell you this story. So it gets to like twenty past eleven, and our Adam puts it on. He went, "Watch this," and I'm like, "You fuckers!" And you fucking. He was still at my mum's, and I'm like, "You must be sat there at eleven o'clock, fucking pulling one off." And this guy, Dave, and and the girls there talking, and she's got like, and literally for five seconds, she basically takes her knickers off for like five seconds and then it goes off there was a guy texting in at one pound fifty a minute dave he was to send about 50 texts going flash the gas flash the gas i said he's on the gravy stroke there he must have his phone in one hand and yeah, he's fucking yeah. cocking the other oh dave <laughs> legendary fucking times his name was piss phelps i think or something like that yeah <laughs> Anyway, oh, bad's upon the fucking revealing trade secrets here. <laughs> the things we had to go through. But anyway, Chris, we're getting back to this one. Like you say, uh, I tell you what, as well as the, the main ladies, like there's not, there's a lot of sexy young ladies in this, isn't there? <laughs> a lot yeah. of them, uh, you know, especially in the pool uh, scene and stuff. But one of the iconic scenes, Chris, it's got to be that that whole um, skiing scene, you know, and, and oh the whole, y- you get all the uh, the assassins kind of coming out the woodwork kind of thing and chasing him and shooting after him. And then you've got uh, James Bond, he's off like a gazelle, isn't he? You know, you've obviously got some professional skier with a Roger Moore wig on. Oh <laughs> and again, it's, it's quite jarring because when you can actually see that it's Roger Moore, he's clearly like just in front of a screen <laughs> with footage going behind him. And then it shoots to the actual skier. 
Um, I, I quite enjoyed it, though. I, the switches to the stunt double were a little bit jarring, but I, I still think, you know, this is why people love James Bond. It was for set pieces like this. And, and think about it now. A lot of these stunts wouldn't be done uh, physically. They, they'd CGI them in. And, you know, some of the stunts in this are really quite impressive, I think. I do as well. I agree with that. I love some of the, the, the actual, <laughs> the fake scenery ones where he's like looking and nodding at people and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> that's terrible. Fucking that is terrible studio stuff. I think in A View to Achilles a bit, the start where he, he's skiing, he's getting chased. And the next minute he ends up with um, one of the ski mobiles gets blown up and he uses like the ski mobile sort of ski as such the big one and turns into fucking a snowboarder because you get the I think yeah. the beach boys come on and everything it's fucking stupid but anyway yeah I, I think them settings are good you've got this Eric who's after him he's a biathlete he's an absolute Trojan and he? he can arrows guns it's everything like Rocky off Rocky Horror Picture Show oh yes yeah 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 <laughs> he's a monster isn't he he's a fucking absolute specimen and, and I think that works well because you've you've got that baddie who he can't defeat at all and it meanders through everything I do think it gets a bit weighed down so once he meets all the Greek guys in Columbo and that become his friends and, and you've got this they go to attack the building this Christosus is at the it's like a castle isn't it and don't you mm. think that scene when they're all waiting for James Bond at the bottom and <laughs> He, he keeps falling down. I'm like, yeah. is he the most unlucky fucking rock climber we've ever seen? <laughs> it's rubbish, but also everyone's just like, oh, I nearly fell there. They're all just there with their popcorn, just watching him, <laughs> not doing anything. And then even when, you know, you've got a guy, Chris, this is James Bond in a, in a can, in a nutshell for me. You've got a guy there. With a gun, right? And what does he do with his gun? Well, he turns it the opposite way, and he's trying to hammer out the uh, the clips, the rock climbing clips, so so James Bond <laughs> falls to his death. You have got a gun, and you're using it as a hammer. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. So, obviously, if you're looking, well, he could either wait for him, to appear and then shoot him in the head, you're done. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't you just shoot the rock clip out of it? <laughs> don't oh, use it like amazing. a hammer. I, I honestly, Chris, at that bit, I was crying. I thought that was again just nonsense, but I really enjoyed the fact that it was nonsense. And the same, it's got really strange sort of almost soap opera type set pieces, and it where like James Bond's got like this crew of about six or seven people just following him around, and like you say, they're watching, going, "Oh, oh, he's fell, oh," and it's like <laughs> you're supposed to be this fucking trained rebellion assassins, aren't you? You know, you they're going to try and save her the the, the, sk the skater and everything and and when he when he goes in and he has that battle with eric i mean dave it's literally like he's a cyborg in it it's like hitting the terminator he starts yeah. punching him and roger moore's just getting destroyed but then really the fight's pretty crap because he just sort of rugby tackles him through the window doesn't he, he sort of mm. he, he falls off it's a bit of a shame really because i know the combat isn't renowned until we got to like Piers Brosnan where it got better and I do like Piers Brosnan James Bonds I must admit but then Daniel Craig's on a different level Daniel Craig for mm. me just he, he epitomises James Bond I know people say aesthetically he wasn't a James Bond but for me he is my James Bond I love Daniel Craig so do you, do you remember when people were going nuts because he was blonde 
Yeah. And they were like, it can't possibly be James Bond. And I tell you what, Chris, you know, that opening scene from the from Casino Royale is still oh, amazing. Amazing. And it, it just amazing. they so set their stall out there, didn't they? They were like, this is going to be different, you know, and, and the the James Bond that we have now, it, they just completely modernized him, didn't they? You know, because yeah. you look back at this now and you're like, yeah, it's a bit daft, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because he's like, I, I know they say like Sean Connery, he, he had the odd one liner, but it was more a serious take on James Bond. Mm. Then you've got Roger Moore, was was just basically comedy. He was almost parodying James Bond. Then you, Timothy Dalton was more serious, a bit more like Sean Connery. A lot of people rave over Timothy Dalton. I remember got to see Living Daylights. I wouldn't say he's one mm. of my favourites. And then Pierce Brosnan just went full on Roger Moore, didn't he? He was suave. He, he had the lines. He, he wasn't a match for a lot of the guys, but he always outwitted him, didn't he? Or he, he, he won the battle just by pure grit when he had a fight. So I always mm. enjoy Pierce Brosnan stuff and the technology got better. But like you not, say, Daniel Craig... Let's not forget, just, Chris, the old N64 uh, GoldenEye game. Oh, God, I've still that, got that, that, was, that was a massive step up, wasn't it? I thought, I thought yeah. that was absolutely brilliant at the time. The only reason to have an N64 for a while... Yeah, it was. Well, that was the original. I know Doom and that come out before, but that was the original first console, first person shooter, Dave. To this day, yeah. it's still regarded as the best ever. So, so yeah, it, it really was. And you're right. So significant, James Bond going through the years and just, just this. But yeah, this it just doesn't hit. I don't think. I don't. I'm not that bothered at the end. Like things are going on around it. You, you sort of know how it's going to play out. This Columbo and Christosis have a fight. It's like two old blokes at a fucking geriatrics home <laughs> having a battle. It's fucking shit. They're just old Columbo there. See, see, I remember Columbo there uh, as being Doctor Hans Zarkov from Flash Gordon. Now I'm trying to think. Did have you ever seen Flash Gordon? Thankfully, no. Oh, Chris. <laughs> I might have to call know, an audible on my next week's pick. I think I had this one pen to do on Comics in Motion, but, uh, oh, by word, I have no idea what you're going to make of it. But, um, yeah, so he was he was uh, Hans Zarkov, so quite a prominent character in Flash Gordon. That's, that's where I recognise him from. I've never even seen him. I've never seen. Like I say, I've no. He's got a great moustache, Dave. Yeah, um, yeah. He has got a great moustache. So yeah, he probably will fit in with Flash Gordon. I know we're going to end up doing it, Dave. I know the soundtrack. You've you've actually threatened me with this movie a few times. I don't know. Flash Gordon was in <laughs> Ted, wasn't he? They, they bring him in. He Ted, was. So. I'll tell you what. The the documentary about him uh, is really good. You know, he was clearly. Clearly a bit of a diva, bit of a dick. And uh, so no one wanted to touch him for years. And then, you know, it, it's kind of... In fact, I won't go into it because we might review it and we can talk about it then. But, you know, he, he's one of these people. He, he's done, like, uh, personal security for years. So, um, it, but then I think it was in Ted where he's come back and he, he's trying to make a comeback into Hollywood. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, let's, let's definitely do Flash Gordon at some point. But anyway, oh, Chris, sorry, back to so, you. Sorry, Dave, yeah. So, so yeah, so he sort of all ends well. Like you say, the KGB guy comes, so they've got this computer thing. And I think you said in the Patreon, which was brilliant, Dave, and the watch-along was uh, computers were just 
magnificent things that they could they could do anything, couldn't they? Really, in these movies, oh, there's no logic to him. <laughs> Chris missed out when when Bond was in. Um, he was speaking to Q, and he, you know, you had that thing with the the guy in the uh, plaster cast, and then just takes the dummy's head off and stuff. You've seen all these toys. Yeah. You've got this umbrella that just has you know these claws that grab around someone's head sort of thing and he's describing someone and you've got these these very early and basic graphics that are drawing this this like pencil outline oh my fucking days and and then it's almost as if they're showing off it's like oh look at this graphic like but it's very you know very two-dimensional uh very basic outline of a cartoon face essentially and then it's like right let's print it out and he prints out a picture of the actor pretty much is a perfect likeness <laughs> that probably more than anything in this movie had me cry <laughs> yeah, you know what you're true because it's like you saying trying to describe me so you'd go right well he's got a big nose. His eyes are a little bit dingy. Yeah, he's he's got grey, you know, bit of brown, but he's got grey now. He's got grey hair, side parting. And they go, here you go. It's fucking Chris Phelps, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's fucking billions of people in the world. He's just fucking nonsense. When he says to me, he goes, about his nose, he goes, oh, it's not as big as that. I was waiting for the jokes then. I didn't get them last night, but my fucking schnoz. But... But you're right, he's oh, yeah. literally clutching at straws. He's got a middle part in. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. Nose, uh, glasses on, rectangular glasses. Right, right, yeah, print that off. There he is, it's the dove. I'm like, oh, fucking day. I'm so glad you brought that back, Dave. <laughs> fucking unbelievable bit of fucking technology, that. That's fucking yeah. magnificent. Oh, lock. He, he ends up falling off the side of a cliff in a car, doesn't he? But I tell you what, Chris, every time I saw him, uh, I was thinking it was Stephen Merchant. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Stephen Merchant before his time. But oh, um, fucking a, a, excellent. Another iconic bit, Chris, is where you know you have James again, such an elaborate kind of way to try and kill him off. So James and Melina, they've been captured. And I, I couldn't help but think, you know, has Roger Moore written this scene himself? Because he's tied up with Melina there. Oh, <laughs> like, fucking if you, hell, yeah. If you're going to go, <laughs> there's just worse yep. ways to go. But rather than just spend two bullets, Chris, bang, bang, you're done. They're going to tie them up and they're going to drag them around in the, uh, in, in the boat and have them trailing behind. And what they're going to do, Chris, they're going to drag them over coral so that, you know, they get get a bit cut up and stuff, and then they're going to bleed. And then the sharks will smell the blood, and then the sharks will come and attack them. (laughs) It's It's so elaborate. It's nonsense. (laughs) But, But the fact is, they do get cut. You can see the blood and everything in the in the water. And then the sharks are moderately interested, but then a henchman falls in, and then they're fucking right after him. But not like only that, the, the one shark <laughs> fucking goes right for the stuntman's cock. He fucking gets him right between the legs, and I'm like, oh, you bastard. <laughs> Come on, shark, you don't have to go in for the cock shot there. But um, oh, So, yeah, again, utter, 
utter nonsense, but you know, it, it was great. I loved it. it. Just the fact that it was so elaborate and over the top um, and ridiculous. I, I thought it was great. Oh, Dave, I tell you what, what got me fucking pissing myself was so, so at the end, he saves the day. And, you know, James Bond's there with Melina. And obviously, he's already slipped that woman one who gets killed off as well. You know, Lissel gets killed. Lissel, is it her name? She gets killed on the the thingy side. She's right next to him at one point and then runs away about 100 yards from nowhere and gets fucking mowed down anyway by the dove. Obviously, he gets killed now. But... At the end, so he wins. So you've got Q there with M, and they're all, and then the the minister, and they're all chatting about Bond, and then they get this fucking woman to be Margaret Thatcher and Dennis, oh, and she's making, she's hell. baking, and it's a fucking a parrot in it. You know, it's Dave. It's fucking to give us a kiss, and she's like, oh well, of course, Mister Bond, and I'm like. What is this fucking nonsense? Is James getting his fucking leg over with Melina? It's always the way the movies end with Roger Moore that he had some girl <laughs> in bed somewhere. He's either Moonraker who is in fucking space. Yeah, I think a view to Achilles in like some uh, boat in oh, somewhere. Wasn't, wasn't Moonraker? I thought he'd landed. He was back on Earth. He was in the pod. Oh, he's in the water, isn't he? He's in the water. He's in the water. And then they come Sorry, up with yes. the boat. And then yes. I, that is the one I remember more than any because he's just like, he literally, he's got the British Secret Service there on a boat, you know, in the middle of the ocean, right next to the, the, the space pod, escape pod, whatever it is. Um, and he's like, just keeping the British end up, sir. And he draws the curtains. But then I think to the next sort of 10 minutes, do, do they just wait there while he finishes or, or what? It's just, it's just absolutely brilliant. But um, yeah, and again, like I say, they put in the, the line of the movie or the title of the movie, don't they? She says, for your eyes only, James. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's nonsense. nonsense. But I, I must admit, it, it, I think... There's so many bits, Chris, that are funny in this movie. I think the what the bit with like Margaret Thatcher and Dennis, I I found that jarring. I'm not yeah, sure it's if terrible. it's for my dislike of Margaret Thatcher, to be honest, or just um, I just thought when it's directly played for laughs, I think it's it's not as funny as when it's unintentionally funny. Yeah, I agree with it. It was like it was like watching some really poor Saturday night sketch movie or something. Uh, sketch show on, on uh, UK TV. It was proper shit, Dave. That was like it's like okay. Morecambe and Wise or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It just wasn't. It was just nothing. There was nothing there. It just, I agree with that. I, I, it was at that point. I, I literally was like, "Oh, this is cringe, fucking city." This. Thank God the film's finishing. But no, Dave. Honestly, I've loved this. I've loved going back. And doing a bit of Roger Moore. Love the fact that our patrons watched it with us well on Discord. And big thanks to you for hosting that one. It was so good. Um, so, should we get into our review, Dave? Let's go. So, Dave... I'll go first. I was bigging this up. I thought this was going to be like, you know, up there as one of the best Bond movies. I, I always thought it was like a sleeper hit. Remember it being from 81. Remember all them little beats, like you say, the car stuff and everything. But when I watched it now, it's not, 
a great movie. It's one of them ones that I'm dreading now going back on some of the other James Bond ones because I love them so much and I've not seen some of them for 10, 15 years, but I've watched them over and over and this one for me has not aged well at all. Roger Moore's great. He's just ridiculous, completely over the top, suave, almost playing up James Bond. But yeah, it just doesn't hit. The, the, the special effects, the body double stuff is just classic 80s, 70s, 80s stuff. And I do feel, I think you made a great point, it feels like a 70s movie. So even some of the music's sort of an overhang from the 70s when he's skiing and that. So I'm going to send this, Dave, to Hell's Kitchen because... Is that because we're doing it on Comics in Motion? That's because it's a different podcast <laughs> and I felt that strongly about it that I'm going to send it to Elm Street, Dave. So uh, that's, yeah. that's what I was thinking. So Elm Street for me, yeah, it's not magnificent and I'm not going to be in a hurry to watch this again. So what about yourself? I've deliberated over this because, again, I do have a lot of nostalgic, a lot of nostalgic feelings that come out when I even think of Roger Moore's James Bond. You used to really enjoy him as a kid. Like I say, right now I'm questioning, did I actually pay attention to the whole movie? Probably not. I probably just, you know, lifted my head up when the... Um, <laughs> when the iconic bits were on and then I went back to playing with my uh, Star Wars figures. So, I, I, I don't know. I just don't feel like this is a very good movie. There's some iconic bits in it. We talked about the skiing, you know, the, the sharks and stuff like that. Some really... Uh, just iconic, you know. You can't, you can't look at it through today, you know, 2021 and go, oh, yeah, well, the, this bit was bad. It, it's an 81 movie, isn't it? It's, it's 40 years old now. Um, I, I, but, yeah, I just don't think it holds up really very well. Now, I was thinking, because of those nostalgic feelings, do I, do I put this in Hill Valley? Do I put it in the middle? But I think I'm doing it a little bit of a disservice there. Or, or just... The whole thing, the whole premise of this podcast is how does it make you feel? Um, I don't think I'll, I'll, I'm the same. I don't think I'll be in a rush to, to buy this one, uh, buy this one, to watch this one again. And so, yeah, I'm afraid it is an Elm Street for me as well. And I know there's going to be people out there who are seething, Chris. Don't forget, this was up against some other uh, Roger Moore movies as well, so Roger Moore Bond movies, and this one. So this one is obviously thought of fondly by a lot of people, and yeah, I just I was pretty disappointed. Shout out to Matt, Matt, Matt Bates, not Matt Blackburn, not Maths. <laughs> I got them accidentally wrong uh, when I put out last week's episode. That was on me. That, um, but yeah, that was his first time of watching. Uh, a James Bond movie at the watch along party. Don't think we put James's best foot forward there. No. Um, but glad we did it, Chris. Glad we uh, we broke our James Bond duck. And uh, you know, I'm sure we'll be doing some more in the in the future. But I think this one might be where we get a little bit stick on social media, Chris. <laughs> 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 anyway, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, anyway, big thank you to our Patreons as always and everyone who supports us, guys. If you want to support the show, get over to patreon.com forward slash the VHS Strikes Back. And our roll call of honour for today is 
Tony Farina, Brent from the Cine Chat Podcast, Blake, Maths, Jax, Herb, Lucky Lulu Green, Kent Gustafsson, Dylan, Haley, Heath, Matt Bates, wonderful Matt Bates. We've got Carl, and we've got another brand new Patreon, Dave. We've got Mark as well, Mark Pearson. So thank you, Mark. He's been listening to us for a long time, and he's took the jump, and uh, he's now on one of our patrons. So big thank you, Mark, and we'll be in touch about what you want to do as a movie. So really, really good stuff. If you want to follow us on social media, at VHS Strikes Back. If you want to email us, the VHS Strikes Back at gmail.com. So Dave... I do believe it's my pick, my friend. And I've already told everyone what we're going to be doing. And there's some cracking one-liners in this movie all the way through that we used to take the piss out of each other as kids. So we are going back, Dave, to 1992. And this is White Men Can't Jump. Oh, it is hard work being this good. Oh, Oh, it hurts. It's not about black. I don't mean to brag, but I'm the greatest. That's because you never saw me. It's not about white. Honey, I'm home. How much money did you make today? I missed you too. I'm sorry, honey. It's about green. I want to find out how good you are, chump. I'm your white shadow. I have a business proposal for you, as if you don't mind hustling. What kind of hustling? <laughs> $500, baby, and you can pick my teammate. Give him the chump. You mean play basketball? Hey, pretty boy, I got something for you. Shut your anorexic malnutrition tapeworm having overdose Dick Gregory Bahamian diet drinking ass up. Give me my money. I see you hustle. Hey, I never use no goofy white mother. Hey, who you calling goofy white mother? You, you goofy. I love you, Infinity. Oh, Billy, you're so stupid. You should have said I love you, Infinity, plus Infinity. We shoot you, Billy, but first we want the money. There are rules to hustling. There's an ethics involved. Yeah, that you wouldn't know a damn thing about. <laughs> Will you explain to this Gladys Knight the pimps? It's pips! The pips! Winning and losing is all one big organic lobule. I hate it when you talk like that. You got that big Z in your fro, man. What are you, the Black Zorro? What are you doing? I'm doing two things. What? I'm making them mad. Most guys don't play good when they're mad. Look, you know you're embarrassing me. That's what you're doing. Yeah, well, that's the other thing I'm doing. I only have four words for you. White men can jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah! I have a business proposal for you, as if you don't mind hustling. What kind of hustle? <laughs> $500, baby, and you can pick my teammate. Give him the chump. You mean play basketball? Well, I, I think we might be back to form here, Chris. I mean, I, if I think of uh, uh, this movie, I, it, it's not one that I, I really used to watch over and over. It was massive at the time, wasn't it? Oh, it it was, was just a yeah. huge movie that uh, it, it was in the zeitgeist and everyone had to watch it. But uh, today has been fantastic. And, and like you say, you, you have a lot of love for uh, James Bond and Roger Moore's James Bond in particular. So I feel like it's only right that I should say, how are you going to finish off the episode? <laughs> Every single podcast, <laughs> I do the same fucking thing. 
I have got absolutely nothing. I never prepare. I never think, is he going to throw it over to me? I do the same to you, Dave. I've got absolutely nothing. But all I'm going to say <laughs> to you is, Dave, Mr. Bond, there is better movies out there. It's been a great podcast, a great experience for everyone on our social media that watching this. And yeah, that's it. Pretty poor ending that day. But I will see you next time, my friend. Bye now. That's it, man. It's game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? What are we going to do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back, because it'll be dark soon, and they mostly come at night. Mostly. I'll be back. That's a lie. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on. Wax off. Go for it. Well, here we go. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't nothing. You must be crazy or something. I'm crazy. You're just a stupid. Yeah, maybe you're crazy. I ain't breathing heavy. He's a fool. He's stupid.